Welcome to the First Responder to Rich's Remo Show, the podcast dedicated to helping first responders earn additional income and create lasting wealth through real estate. Each week, we'll break down complex concepts, debunk myths, and interview a variety of industry leaders to help you thrive beyond your professional calling. And now here's your host, top producing mortgage broker, real estate investor, and fellow first responder, Scott Sarai. What's going on? Welcome back to the First Responder to Rich's Real Estate and Mortgage Show. I'm your host, Scott Sarai. And little story time with Scott here before we get into it. I was starting to record this solo episode. I had the production, I had the lights, we had the video. And then I realized I was really talking to not my audience. Sorry, I wasn't talking to my audience. This episode has a lot of numbers, but I got to break it down to another level that every first responder is going to understand what I'm saying. So I'm going to record my screen. If you want to watch this episode on YouTube, by all means, check it out. But for all those listening on any podcast platform, I'll try and make this uh, as easy as possible. So I'm going to kill the camera. I'm going to share my screen and we're going to jump into this. All right, let's go. Before I get going, I want to uh, talk about this a little bit and what, what we're going to cover today in today's podcast. So we're going to look at what it looks like comparing saving for your child's education through RESPs or investing in real estate to fund your child's education. Now, this topic is near and dear to my heart because at the time of recording this, my wife and I are expecting our first child. And because of my my background and what I do, I'm super convinced that investing in real estate is the answer. Not everyone may agree with that, but hey, it's my show. I'm going to tell you what I like to do. And uh, I'm going to show you both scenarios. We'll break it down. We'll make the numbers super simple, super sweet. Uh, This is a solo episode, so we don't have any guests today. We're going to make assumptions. We're going to play things conservative here. We're not looking for the double digit growth. We're just playing like middle of the row, middle of the pack, um, nothing crazy. So for those who don't know, RESPs are a government incentive program created in the 90s for educational costs in the 90s. So approximately on about an 8% rate of return, if you were to do the bare minimum to maximize the government's incentive, your portfolio in 15 years from now will be worth approximately $81,000, a little shy. Um, the way we get that is that if you contribute $2,500 per year, the government will kick in $480 per year for 15 years up to a maximum of $7,200. So for 15 years, basically three grand gets invested into this fund. How you manage it, that's your decision. I think we might bring... Uh, a good colleague of mine and a financial advisor on to talk about how you actually manage these funds and where you where you allocate them. Um, but we won't get into that on this podcast, on this episode at least. But essentially, you're going to have 81K floating around for 15 years, compounding growth being invested. Well, if you Google today what a four-year degree program at um, U of T or UBC or any major university in Canada, 15 years from now, Four-year degree program and room and board will cost $135,000. Now, that's not any specialty program. Uh, a good friend of mine's a physio, and we were chatting the other day. His education for the seven-year program was almost $190,000. So, uh, you know, there's a gray area here. There's a discrepancy, but let's just call it 135. So right off the bat, 
you have a shortfall in funds of approximately $55,000. Now, um, if you're watching this episode on YouTube, you can see the exact numbers, but for everyone listening, I'm just gonna round the numbers out and make it a bit easier. But so yeah, you're short 54K. Well, like how are we gonna make that up? Well, you're gonna have to contribute an extra 170 bucks a month to get your total monthly contribution up to 375. So now we've come to terms with investing $375 a month for one child. And this isn't two kids, this is just one. Um, so 375 investment per month for 15 years. Um, so keep that in the back of your mind. Now for comparing versus, uh, comparing investing in a rental property, let's take the assumptions that we're using today's rate. So we're at all time high, a mortgage is somewhere in and around 6.44, um, a line of credit on a, a home equity line of credits, about 7.2 to 7.7. Um, so using those numbers, and if we had that $375 to invest in this avenue instead of the RESP, so I'm just I'm taking Apple to Apple and comparing across the board, we would be able to um, borrow from a line of credit just over 62,000. So that's like, we're taking that monthly nut of 375, and I'm telling you, you could borrow from your line of credit 62,000 to match. So let's say we're gonna look at an entry level condo in Toronto or Vancouver or the Burbs in and around those areas, 500K easy. You're gonna need 20% down plus 10,000 for closing costs. So you need 110,000. Well, there's a shortfall of $48,000. So we're gonna have to subsidize that by the line of credit as well. So that will add an additional probably 240 bucks. So now we're looking uh, in and around 600 bucks a month to borrow that money to make the investment. But we'll cover that when I flip over to the next uh, spreadsheet. But And we're going to make some assumptions. We're going to say today, at time of recording, at time of purchase of this condo, the rental income is $2,500 a month, maintenance, insurance, property tax, strata, around $300. Those are assumptions or $400, whatever. We're making assumptions today. And these calculations on the spreadsheet, they factor in uh, appreciation, inflation, all that good stuff. And we're gonna make some assumptions for the real estate that um, you or one of uh, the income earners in the household is a 40% tax bracket. So if you're a six figure earner um, in Canada, you're probably in and around 39 to 41%, depending on what province. Uh, we're gonna pick an appreciation rate, uh, sorry. We're going to pick an appreciation rate that matches the appreciation on the RESP portfolio. So 8%, I know that the 30 year average in BC is double digits of 20.9%. Um, that's a 30 year average. So it doesn't matter what the market's doing going up and down across the board 30 years. That is the number, right? Um, so we're drastically undervaluing what the real estate's gonna do, but hey, that's fine. So if you're watching my screen, uh, right here is like the initial investment, the initial number. So we're not really gonna play into that much, but we're gonna fast forward five years um, so everything's adjusted for inflation and, and appreciation. So that $2,500 a month you collected year one, you're now in and around $3,600 a month, um, depending what province you're in. So a lot of provinces have rent control. Some provinces, provinces don't. So it all depends. Um, all of your hard costs have gone up as well. But when you initially bought this condo, um, you were short. There wasn't enough money coming in to cover the expenses. So you were putting out 325 bucks a month. So if you're adding the math up in your head, you're sitting around $900 a month out of pocket versus the 375 for 
the RASP. But don't worry, we factored this into the, the pro forma, pro forma and the equation. So year five, you're now cash flowing almost $700 a month. That means 700 bucks is going into your pocket and you can do whatever you want with it. You can reinvest it. You can pay down the line of credit that you borrowed from originally. A couple of things to note as I speak through all this is that we're setting these uh, numbers or these expectations or um, I don't know what the word I'm looking for is, but off of today's rates, we're at an all-time high. It's almost guaranteed that when you come up to refinance in three, four or five years from now, you're going to be in a, at least a marginally lower, if not much lower rate. So the mortgage pay down is increased and um, the numbers just get that much better. But we're going to use today's rates because I'm a realist and I don't want to guess the what ifs, right? So uh, 690 bucks cash flow positive, which is pretty decent. I won't talk to this. This is just like the mortgage balance as it gets paid down. Um, the line of credit hasn't been touched yet. Uh, the equity in the property is increased substantially from the initial 37K to almost 300,000 now. Your RESP after five years is worth 30 grand now, just, just under 30 grand, which is decent, right? Well, all said and done, after we factor in all of the expenditures, so if you're looking at my screen, it's showing the negative cash flow from the property from year, year zero to five, all the money you put out of pocket. So after five years, this number may blow your mind, but if you're looking at my screen on YouTube, you can see it, the, the equations don't lie. You're $202,000 ahead. This is after five years. Okay, I'm gonna let that sink for a second. 202 freaking thousand dollars ahead after five years at current rates, which if we're being honest here, they're shitty. They're not great, they're terrible, okay? So let's fast forward to 10, from 10 years from five. So now we're at, after, we're, now we're at owning this condo for 15 years. This number may be at a little out of reach, but this is just factoring in appreciation and inflation, but it's saying that this property rents for 7,900 bucks a month. All of your expenses have gone up, so we're not changing anything there but you're now cash flowing on this property, $4,4300 a month, which it's hard to think, but if you also think about it, like what a house in the burbs cost today, let's pick like BC. So let's pick Fraser Valley. A house 10 years ago was like 500 grand. And now we're like 1.4, 1.5. So, I mean, it's not that hard to believe that rent will go up too, right? And we're seeing a rental crisis now in Toronto and Vancouver, and people are lined up to bid on rental units. So it's it's tough to see on paper, but it's a reality. Okay, so uh, you're cash flowing every month. Now, at 15 years, your RESP is worth its max value. So because you've topped up the shortfall, um, you have that 135K sitting there. Like, kudos to you. That's a lot of money. Your kid is lucky to not have student loans. They got 135K there, right? Well, comparing it to investment properties, after we back out all of the, the hard costs of the property, the borrowing costs, um, we pay back the initial line of credit. You are 1.22 million. So let's call it 1.2 mil ahead. Now, where things get really interesting is when we fast forward to year 20, so your child's finishing post-secondary, um, you know, you're cash flowing good amounts of money. So like 7,400 bucks a month, you're cash flowing. Where it gets interesting is that the RESP has gone to zero because your child used it. Well, now what? 
like all that money you put away, it's, it's gone. Like it's, it's to zero. Well, if you invest in real estate, you have this asset. So if you take this asset and 15, 20 years from now, you're going to have a, a shit ton of equity in it. You can refinance it and pull out the 135 K for your kid to go to school. And you're still $2.4 million ahead. Now I'm just going to, change the the appreciation down to like a 5% mark and it's going to you know completely augment uh, the spreadsheet so if we cut it from 8 to 5 after after 20 years you are 1.05 ahead after 15 years uh, you're $571,000 ahead so that's if you're super conservative you don't think the market will do what it did over the last 30 years hey that's fine um by all means, do your thing. But put it back to 8%. Um, after 50, We'll go back to 15 years. So when your kid's starting to go to school, you're ahead of the game, 1.23 million. Maybe we refinance it, pull out the 150K for the kid. Now, here's another thing. So you invest for all these years into this RESP. What happens if your child, and I don't know what it takes to be a police officer nowadays, but what if they sign up for our CMP and they just go to depot and they don't require a college degree? The 135K won't, it'll, it'll be there, but you'll lose um, the government incentive. So that 40 grand or whatever the government puts in, you're going to lose it. Or let's say your child wants to like start a business or they're, you know, who knows the world's their oyster. They can do whatever they want. At least investing in real estate, whatever they want to do, you can refinance the property and pull out the money with no, um, no one telling you what it has to do. I know with the government, they have certain programs, certain accreditations that have to happen. I, I don't think fire school, if your child wants to be a firefighter, I don't think fire school is covered. Don't quote me on it. Um, but I don't like someone telling me what to do with my money personally. That's just me. Um, if you're watching my screen and this is just estimates, please consult with an accountant. There's certain tax efficiencies that could, should be spoken about when borrowing money in Canada to earn income. So if you borrow money from a line of credit, you get to write the interest off. Well, at five years into this property, your accumulated tax refund is around $21,000. After 10 years, it's 70K. After um, in years 15 to 20, it's 62,000. Uh, and I won't spend a lot of time on that just because I feel like, you know, I'm not, I'm not an accountant. I can't speak to it uh, with absolute certainty. And uh, things can change, rates can change. So we won't spend a lot of time on that. Okay, I'm gonna stop the share here and turn my camera back on. So I'm not here to tell you what to do, but it's pretty glaring that the numbers, the numbers don't lie. We're looking at what we can do for our children 15 years from now. If you are a bit further along and you only have 10 years to your child goes to post-secondary or whatever, it might be a different conversation, but for all those people who have young children at home and are thinking, what should we do to set our child up for that? I would highly recommend looking at investing in real estate because like I said, do you want someone telling you what to do with your money when the time comes? And what if your child doesn't want to go to some accredited school or they want to do something else? You might be handcuffed and you're going to lose um, that incentive or that government uh, grant. So that's all I got for you on today's episode. Like I said, if you're listening on a podcast platform, you're probably not getting as much value as for those who are watching it on YouTube. So check out my YouTube channel. 
you can check my IG profile. The link is there. And as always, if you have any questions, reach out. I'm always here. I'm available. Okay. Thanks for joining me. We'll catch you on the next one. See you later. Thank you for listening to another episode of First Responder to Riches. We hope you found value in this episode and ask that you click the follow button on your preferred podcast platform. And please take a minute to leave a five-star review. Your feedback and positive reviews help us reach more first responders like you who are seeking financial freedom. Thank you once again for tuning in. Until next time, stay safe, stay inspired, and keep investing in your future.